0: Welcome to the first episode of the Amazing Stoke podcast brought to you by Destination Basingstoke as part of our Destination Basingstoke ambassador community, which we're launching today. We've wanted to do a podcast for a while and what we're doing is, is talking to some amazing people in Basingstoke. And my first amazing guest is going to be Kevin White. To quote the words of Sean Connery in Humphrey Hunt for Ragged October, today we share one history. <laughs> I am sorry, Kev, and I'm sorry to Sean Connery's family. We're going to broadcast this every other Friday. Big thanks to Steve Randall from Communication Generation, who's done a lot of work on the tech and actually just getting me to work the IT, which, believe me, is quite difficult. I must say, dear listeners, if you're wondering why there are babies squealing in the background, because we are, as I say, it's the first one we've done, and we're trying to do this out and about in various uh, local locations. And we're in Vermillion Cafe today, which is in the Chinnam Centre. Welcome, Kev. It's lovely to see you.
1: Do you want to give people a two-minute elevator pitch about who you are of what Absolutely. you do. Absolutely. Um, I mean, firstly, yeah, amazing people in Basingstoke. I seen there weren't anyone free for that. So, <laughs> so you gave
0: me the call. Nonsense.
1: <laughs> uh, I run a local financial advisory business called uh, 410 Financial Management. This is our seventh year now. And we try and do financial advice a little bit different, really. It's not just about advising on products, but it's about, you know, the advice and, and, and teaching people about their own money. I come from a massive belief that no one's really taken the time to teach people about their own money, which is why they don't really understand it. What we try and do is make sure that every every meeting we have with people is a teaching experience for them so they get a better understanding of what it is they're doing and why why they, why they want to do it. So that's pretty much us in a nutshell. And you've been doing this for 20 years, I think, haven't you, Kev? Do, do you know what? It's funny. I was, I was looking at this the other day, actually. So I'm coming into my 25th year now. So well, Don't look old enough. I know. Well, you know... <laughs> I've not had that much stress. <laughs> uh, that, 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 must be, that must be what it is. Um, I started back in the late 90s at what was then the Cheltenham and Gloucester in Basingstoke. So, so, yeah, coming up 25 years now. So, yeah, a lot's changed in that time. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, you must have seen a lot of change. Uh, what sort of big changes stick out for you in the, in the field you work in? The last two years has been, has been tough for a lot of people. It's cost of living crisis and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, and, and it was very similar to back in 2008. But one of the things I've been saying to clients recently is that the biggest difference now is how connected everybody is to everyone. So back in 2008, you sort of got the the bad news from the news at 10 or the news at 6 or or whatever it was. Now, there's millions of of reporters around the world on social media. Every single one of us can be a reporter in, in, in some sense. You've got notifications popping up on your phone or your Apple Watch or whatever. So... From an emotional point of view with with clients, particularly when you're going through a period of time like the last couple of years, it's just bad news after bad news, and you're not as insulated from it now because we're connected to it everywhere. From a financial advice standpoint, I used to come across my mate down the pub said an awful lot. Now, everybody says. So we we have to sort of come, come across the constant news feed that comes in 24 hours a day, seven days a week from mm. all these types of places. So that's the biggest change that I've found, Yeah, particularly with financial advice, without a shadow of a doubt. Mm.
0: Social media has changed so much. I mean, you're very good. You're very active on LinkedIn.
1: Aren't mm. I mean, that's... Um, what, do you, what do you feel about LinkedIn as a vehicle? I think it's a great vehicle to connect people. I'm, I'm still pretty um, archaic, I suppose, in, in, in social media. As I, I don't really get it. You know, I, I can... I could put something on LinkedIn about why you should get a will or why you should look after your pension and no one really cares. I put a, a picture of a muffin on, on my desk on a Friday afternoon saying, oh, after a week I've had, it gets 52 likes, 47 shares and about 3,000 comments. So... Top you know, class muffin, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Maybe, maybe it maybe it's familiar <laughs> It's a real funny thing, yeah. Maybe, but I think as, as a business connectivity tool, it's fantastic. I've used it to um, connect to people. I think my clients would be able to use. Um, and it's almost particularly when you go networking. And obviously, we, we we do a lot of that in, in the sand. Yeah, a lot of people now say, don't even ask for a business card. They say, "I'll link into you." So so yeah, I think it's mm. I think it's revolutionised the exposure you can get as a, as a business person
0: yeah i know i, I noticed that with linkedin as you say I've, I've discovered that how to scan and link to somebody on it and it, as you say, it's almost um made business cards outdated but yeah. um although i'm still i'm sure we've probably between us got quite a few of those Absolutely. i'm sure somewhere <laughs> around so you say you've lived and brought up here all your life so yeah. what do you like about Basingstoke?
1: Uh, i think for, particularly the geographical region that mean yes you know you're, you're half an hour from Southampton you're an hour from Bournemouth you're two hours from Birmingham 50 minutes on the train to London so that's absolutely fantastic but actually in Basingstoke, it's the biggest small town I've I've, I've ever been to as in that's a great description biggest small town I like that it's got so many businesses here that people wouldn't even know things like Turtle Beach for example that the game in headphones they've got their head office in in Chin and Business Bar. The AA obviously have been here forever. Um, obviously they've obviously just moved, moved offices in, in Basing View. So you've got su- such a breadth of, of different businesses. And obviously, be working in a small business and set up a small business myself, in the last seven years, there's a massively qualified and real proactive business community. So I think it's a, it's a fantastic place to work. It's a fantastic place to have a business. And yeah, the, the people here are absolutely great. Yeah. And obviously, everything's got its flip side. So what do you think could be improved? I think the, the, the biggest frustration I have, and, and, and you guys are going great deal to, to deal with that, is, is being able to connect the amount of businesses we've got in the town in, in one sort of place, you know, we've had meetings with the council recently to discuss that, and obviously there's a chamber of commerce, but there's nothing really basic snow century to link them all up. And, and and the work that you guys are doing is absolutely fantastic on that sort of thing. And, and you have check is in the post. Absolutely, yeah. that's yeah. the cost of an <laughs> oat coffee. That um, is, yeah. <laughs> But I think that's the biggest frustration from a from a business point of view. And and you look at basically, it's constantly growing. We've got many down, which has been agreed. The amount of people that are coming in here now for, for what was a you know a London overspill town back in the back in sort of fifties and sixties, I think it's developed so so well. Yeah. Being a sporting person, obviously the you your frustrations with regards to the sport, hundred and sixty thousand people, whatever it is in, in in the town and we don't have a a high level sports club in the town whether it's football cricket rugby ice hockey whatever it is um, I think that's a frustration I, I I can't get my head around that but listen you, you're looking at you're sort of picking a picking at negatives there's certainly positives yeah. as well
0: it's interesting to touch on sport and obviously you you know you were for i think a couple of years you were the chairman of basing football club was that before it transitioned to being a community football club was it
1: no so no so i i, I got involved when um terry brown yeah um, picked it up from from the previous owner and he was the chairman and obviously my, my background in, in, in football agency men are I know the commercial side of the game so I spoke to Terry and he asked me to come on board with a new community club at the time and that was when they didn't have a ground to play in and was was before the God, what was it now 2018-2019 season um so I got involved then and then became a board member and then Terry decided to exit so, so I took over as chairman then so and that was a great learning curve and a, uh, what got- did you what did you learn that you can't please everyone all the time. It's best to please most people most of the time. Um, no, do you know what I learned was that there's a lot of passion in the town for for that for that for a for that particular sport, but actually for sport in general, I'm I'm a football guy, so I've always been, I've always been around football, but then you get involved in the rugby club, you you know, I got involved in the ice hockey as well, which was a sport that I'd never even. Sort of really looked at, um, and there's a real community feel of of sport in the town, and and I think the football club is and and was at the forefront of it. But a lot of that galvanising is comes from being successful and sport in the town hasn't been that successful for some reason. Although, obviously, you know, I know Mantis,
0: Manchester City, and I, Kevin, by the way, is a Liverpool fan, so I, we, am, yeah. we were, so I won't mention too much about Manchester City, but Manchester City did a treble last year, but so did Basingstoke Town. They did. did well, they may have missed out on absolutely, that, but it was, yeah. it was, actually, at its own level, it was an incredible treble really for a small club to, you know, get promotion from a very difficult league. Absolutely, And they won two
1: cups. So, and, and, and do you know what? With, with, with the backdrop of the issues that club's mm. had. Yeah. One, one, of the, one of the remits for me was to was to keep it alive and then get it back playing in the town yeah. when we, yeah. when we were playing when we were sharing down in Winchester. And the, the people that are still involved in the club now, Dan Brownie, the manager there, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. He's the right age, right profile. He gets managing players at that level. Uh, you've got a, a really solid ball. The treasurer there is fantastic, Liz Locker. She's yeah. she the, the back people have no idea the back the financial background she's got. She's quality, and then you look at the youth setup. So the 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 academy systems there is fantastic. He's just produced um uh one of the lads is now has been signed by Brighton. Yeah, yeah. So Brody there's a f- fantastic fantastic player. Um, so they've managed to. Since 2018, 2019, stay alive, mm. get promoted, win cups. So, you know, the future's is absolutely bright. But like anything at that level, you need money behind. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the town needs a new football ground? And do you think it can get mm. one? I do think it needs a new football ground. I think a new football ground will not only bring fresh people in to the town, because, you know, I've, I've been to lots of away days at Bays and Stoke, also other teams. And you do go and have a bit of lunch there and go for a drink in the local pub and stuff like that. So it will bring people in. But I think you can be a real hub for the community if it's done right. Obviously, you've got Winklebury, the pitches over there. There's only one AstroTurf pitch there. And it's only got a limited capacity. And then there's a massive um, shortfall. I know this from a from time looking at it when I was with the club massive shortfall in facilities for junior football so you could have a proper grassroots hub of of football and other sports you know they're multi-surface you know some of them so it needs a new ground uh, and it needs to be it needs to be pushed through really because there needs to be some kind of galvanizing of sport you know you look at the ice hockey team with 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 the um, ice rink luckily the rugby club's sound because it's got its own ground and everything so that's good but a town of our size can't have That the level of sports have and it should it should be much higher you you mentioned about
0: being a football agent um Mm. can you tell us a little bit about that that's fascinating Mm. because you don't mean i don't think i i think you're the first football agent i've met kev
1: yeah i mean (laughs) do you know what i I got into it through my financial advice so i i started doing financial education seminars at football clubs you know this is a pension this is protection this is sort of thing you need to think about and i ended up a few of the lads said well look can, can i start a pension with you so they did and um, started looking them after after them on that and then they started asking me whether i could look after their contract so i took the relevant um, agency exam at the time and become a football agent so it's funny because it, once you can get in there it's a massively open book you meet some really really interesting people um oh, wow. really interesting people but you also f- find out about the not so nice parts of parts of it, and that's both from an agent's point of view, from a player's point of view, and from a club's point of view. So, really, really interesting time. Don't do it now. I had to um, I had to really sort of give it up when I got involved in Basingstoke Town because I couldn't go out and see the players that I was looking after and things like that because I was always at Basingstoke games. But you know, never say never. I might get back into it at some point in the future, but yeah. not 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 for me at the moment. Fascinating, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Obviously, last year, congrats to you and the team
0: on winning the business in the community <laughs> award at the inspire yeah. business awards which is um and you were definitely without a doubt the best dressed man there we had a <laughs> gold and black theme uh dear listener and kev turned up in the most uh terrific outfit of of mm. uh, the, the gold shoes particularly but yeah you won and you it was about something you're very passionate about yeah which is education
1: and you know financial education so
0: you tell people a bit more about that what you do
1: yeah um i mean financial education i think is something that And again, after the last couple of years of cost of living crisis and people put under a lot of stress and and tension from their money, I think if we can teach people more about money, because it isn't taught in schools, really, then hopefully we're filling a bit of a a, a teaching gap there. I, I think we've got a duty as a financial advisory business to. To, to fill some of that gap, particularly the local schools, but also you know we've done with local businesses. So that's part of our community work, really. Obviously, we don't. Uh, and you know, one of the biggest barriers to, with schools is they they think we charge for it because we're financial advisors, right? We charge for everything. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, absolutely, we you know it, we don't. It's it, it's something that we're really passionate about doing. And you know, we was in Aldworth recently, and it was just with a t- year ten and eleven pupils. To explain to them what tax is and what insurance is and what a yeah. pay slip looks like and yeah. how do you save for a mortgage or a deposit on a house and what is a mortgage and all that sort of stuff so it's real you know what, you, what i suppose what you class basic stuff but it's life skills isn't it 100 percent. and the only people who typically teaches us that is mm. our parents and <laughs> if they weren't good with money then those lessons get passed down so yeah we we absolutely love it and um you know the fact that just in that those two sessions with Aldworth, there were f- about 400 kids in that. Um, wow. We're going back and doing year eight and nines. So that'll be, again, slightly different and a, and a, and a, and a bit more basic. But yeah, it's, it's something that's that's close to our heart and that's what we do with our yeah. clients. So it makes sense. We should do it with other people yeah. as well. Well, clearly, I mean, are you surprised it's not more part of a curriculum? I am. And I haven't been able to get to the bottom of why it's not. You know, a lot of people... And I've, I've, you know, I've seen it. A lot of people's mental health comes from not being able to manage money or money problems and stuff like that. I and mean, we we tend to bury our head in the sand. It, money's always been a taboo subject. Yeah. You know, I, I was brought up don't ever ask anybody what they earn because that's rude and all that sort of thing. But it underpins literally everything we do. What, you know, what we eat, what we drink, where we go, how we do it. You know, everything. So it should be on the on on the curriculum more. And I can only believe they think it's too complex but it really isn't the basics of money management what is coming in needs to be more than what's going out and if it's not what changes do you make just little things like that so hopefully by us sort of leading the way with it other firms might get involved schools will get involved and and we'll start to do a lot more. So if any school's interested, what should they do, okay, Just Get in contact with us. Go to our website, flitmfm.co.uk. There's an inquiry page on there. E- email us on that, and we'll, we'll be happy to put something yeah. together. So um, it's, been
0: a, it's been a lovely chat. We've gone through 20 minutes already. I can't, it? Believe, I can't it. believe that. <laughs> you know. So uh, we're trying to keep these to 20, 25 minutes, hopefully. But, so I'll end up with a few um,
1: few questions. What's your favourite place in Basingstoke? I'm a massive supporter of the independent Restaurants, you know, I remember when I was younger, there used to be Palmer's and yeah. all these other other restaurants in Basingstoke. Now, there doesn't seem to be that many anymore. Mm. So, I mean, I, I lot, like, yeah, I like, I like the Olive House. Do you know what? If you go for a curry, I like the Raj over in Basingstoke. You can't beat They're that. They're all food places, these, Kevin, aren't they? <laughs> well, I was all-
0: what does, what does that tell you? Well, you know I was going to say? You're not saying
1: you want to go walking up, I don't know, Crabtree Plantation to look at the view over the metropolis. Do you, do you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky. I, and, and again, this is one of the things I love about Basingstoke is I live in Hatch Warren, so, which means I'm five minutes from Farley Wallet yeah. and then all the way down to the Candovers and all the way down to Orsford. So something that I've done with, with, with the kids and quite often is, go, particularly on fireworks, all, like, you can go to just over the, the motorway bridge on Garlet Lane. You can see over the whole of Basingstoke Basin on what's your work, On oh, like a summer's day, you can see for absolute miles, but they five minutes late, you can be at Sainsbury's, you know, yeah. and yeah. The, that's, that's one, of the, one, one of the brilliant things that yeah. I, I love about here, apart from the restaurants.
0: Cool. of course. Yeah, you know. Well, thank you for your support for the destination based estate and destination based ambassador community because we're hoping to grow this yeah. uh, for something that really connects businesses, as you say, yeah. to connect businesses to each other, connect businesses to charity. As I say, we'll be doing this podcast every other week. It'll be with members of the ambassador community. So I'm absolutely delighted that you've come here for the first one, Kev. So thanks ever so much for that. I hope it's something that you're not going to regress. No, um, I hope not. It's a it's sort of end on a final thought really if you want to give our dear listener the final thought what final thought do you want to leave
1: them with i think final thought for me just just get out and support support the, the the local businesses the independent shops the independent restaurants it, it's, it's, it is really is a high for pie for business and the more we can support the independent businesses locally the the, the, the better you know I'll, we always try and use local businesses for everything from printing to graphic design to everything so try and get out and support local That's, that that that'd be my one message
0: kevin white thank you very much
1: your absolute staff. pleasure